Hi everyone, I'm Henna. And I'm Julia. And you're listening to Failing Point Podcast. We're living in this busy kind of um, loop of life. It's it's a loop, it's um, it's kind of a, you can't see outside of your own loop. So you need to have some people around you that can remind you that now you look like you really need a rest. So I think it's really important to have those people around you. I think people, many people are thinking that if if that guy succeeds, it's out of my pocket or something. Yeah, and yeah. I can't understand like how it can be like that. <laughs> so I think in many places in Finland, that might be only my perception, but that's my perception. Mm-hmm. That so many people are thinking that if someone else succeeds, then I should be mad or sad about that. Mm-hmm. And I can't really understand that. Failing Point is a podcast about entrepreneurship about seeing challenges as opportunities and failures as steps to success. With a lineup of inspiring entrepreneurs sharing their hardships of their journeys and the lessons they've learned, we are ready to challenge the status quo of Finnish business culture. We all have a story to tell. Now it's time for Brave Talk. This is Henna from Failing Point. Today's guest is an energetic, positive and ambitious entrepreneur, Saku Loukonen, who has gone through a lot in business and in life. Saku tells us about his struggles with burnout and the importance of taking care of oneself when running a demanding business life. So, enjoy the conversation. Welcome to our podcast. Thank Welcome. you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> we are so happy that you are here as our guest. At first, we are. We want to ask you, what is your attitude towards failures? My attitude towards failures is that, well, there is no success without failure. That's. Uh, it's definitely um, part of it. It's a learning process, and I think every failure. Um, so what matters is the attitude towards failure. It's like that you should not be let down. I mean, you should push yourself back up. And that's like the the attitude attitude about it. And there's always something to learn from the failures. Yeah, we couldn't agree more with mm-hmm. you. Okay, so Saku, can you tell us how did your entrepreneurial path start? And when was that? Well, um, I'm originally from countryside my family used to have cows and stuff and we <laughs> really? grew our own vegetables and my mom designed our clothes that was like we used a lot of uh, secondhand stuff life was um, quite rich in a way but but very simple and um, since my youth I've always been like the, the quiet one and the shy one who only had few friends like two <laughs> uh, then I went a little bit nerdish when I grew up a bit. Uh, I started playing computer games and got more into computers, hardware, software and technologies. And during that time, I was like teenager, I started editing photos and building websites. And that's how I got into graphic design a little bit. And maybe that was like one of the seeds of the entrepreneurial kind of the, the drive. Mm-hmm. Did you and, did you want to create something yourself yeah, or? I had like a huge 
ambition to create stuff. Mm. I wanted to like nobody asked to do anything, but I, I still took photos and started editing them like during the time that there were no filters mm-hmm. <laughs> and and like I started to create effects to photos and stuff like that simple stuff but still no one else um, well not that many did those things so but when I was 18 my life changed when I took part at school at vocational school it was a company program in Finnish it's called an yrittäjänä. and that's like I have no experience of being an entrepreneur. I had the kind of urge to create stuff, but I had no idea what is what is it to being an entrepreneur. But it sounded interesting. So together with two classmates, uh, we set up a team and we set up a student company for one year. And like our business plan was to was to sell jewelry from one wholesaler. It was not a brilliant idea, but it was easy. Um, however, we didn't do any any profit with that, but we learned a lot. And that was mm-hmm. like a really interesting experience. That was when I was 18. So Was that already in Helsinki or in the countryside? That was in, in Turku. In Turku, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Where I was studying. So I, we went through that course and... I didn't actually know that there was an alumni club for it. So some people told me about it and I joined it immediately and I became a JA alumni and I had no idea what it was, but I was like member for two years, one or two years or something. And then I got to know more other members. And I noticed that these people, young people who were part of that club were really like-minded. They all wanted to create stuff and they were passionate about entrepreneurship and they were really like great people it, it's like you met you meet some person for the first time but you have the feeling that you've already met long time ago that kind of people mm-hmm. and the, the, like all of the members of the club were like that and it was just amazing so through that club all of the people the thing that uh, kind of was common between all the members that everybody had taken part of the company program. So they had the experience of running a company at a very early age. So through that club, I met um, my future business partner. And well, we knew many years, but we didn't do anything yet. But through that club, I met really awesome people. And then later on, I got inspired about the experience of, of running the student company. I set up my own one-man uh, graphic design agency and I got my first customer, well, actually one of my first customers, that was the early Nordic Business Forum at that mm-hmm. time, like before right. there was nothing big yet, yeah. but, but still. And yeah. I was providing graphics while I was studying um, to Nordic Business Forum. And that was like the first real touch to entrepreneurship. I had this one man, Toiminimi, kind of a company that I was running. And I got also like other other customers that I was doing graphics. And that was really inspiring. And I wanted to continue the entrepreneurial journey. I was doing that as like 
kind of a part-time thing when I had time. But, um, but yeah, that, that inspired me to, to entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. at least. What were the most inspiring things being an entrepreneur? Like, was it the freedom to do whatever you want or what, what kind of things? It's it's definitely freedom to do things and also that you can see your own work. Mm. Yeah, like, you have created something. Yeah, you have pushed and pushed and put a lot of effort on something and then you can see the results at some point. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really great thing. And of course, like the best thing is to collaborate with customers and partners. I think that's the most important thing. And that's the most rewarding thing as well. Like when you hear feedback mm. of of successful collaboration. So I think that's those are the the diamonds of entrepreneurship. Yes, I must ask because you you said that you have been very shy. Yeah. But yeah. I I've met you in few of the events, different kind of events, and that's not the first word I would describe you. Yeah. Duracell. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, that's more like it. Um, yeah, so are you how, a, yeah, how did you become so outgoing? And are you an introvert? We are both introverts. So <laughs> I, I did a personality test. Yeah. 16 personalities. Yeah, my Asperger's typing indicator. <laughs> yeah, and it showed me that I'm 50-50, introvert yes. and extrovert. Ah, I, could I didn't it. know that before, mm-hmm. but I have my my introvert sides as well. Yeah, yes. Like I like going Duracell at some point, some point, but then I require a lot of time alone as well. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of the introvert mode. And the event or, or that alum thing? J.A. Yes. Yeah. So what was that part of you like grow out of yourself? Absolutely. And... Mm. I think absolutely. Yeah. That was like where I met my new true friends kind of and and people who are all forward looking and passionate about doing what they want to do and, mm. and reaching their dreams. And that was the kind of society that I needed at that point. Mm. And definitely um helped me discover myself as well. Mm-hmm. Can you tell uh, us a little bit, because you mentioned that you the first business of yours was like jewelry business? Or yeah, that was the of... student company. Yeah. yeah. So you said that you learned a lot. What kind of things did you learn? Well, I learned to drink coffee, first of all. <laughs> well, yeah. those were like the, the evenings that I noticed that next day is the exhibition day and we need to get all this stuff together. Mm. <laughs> and the like I couldn't go to sleep before I had finished everything and that was like when I had to take the coffee that I actually reserved for my guests <laughs> at my home so that was the first time I had to actually drink it myself mm-hmm. <laughs> so the lesson is that when there's something coming up you just need to push it through mm-hmm. and so that you're ready for the for the big day yeah you can quit before yeah. it's done mm-hmm. exactly exactly Then you had your own business in graphics, and after that, yeah, after after the one man show, um, I became actually the the chairman of the junior team and alumni Finland club, hmm. and I was doing that for one or two years, which was really great because then I got to meet a lot of more of these members, um, Finland wide, and I also got connected to the worldwide network which is like 
in in like 120 countries all over the world there are like-minded people like that so that was really awesome but yeah after that during uh via that club i met earlier my future business partner and now now we set up a meeting to discuss about a new business idea and well i met a couple of people during those times for different ideas but this was uh, interesting and so we decided to start doing it and that uh, later on it was 2013 and we started working for this idea for about six months before setting up anything official and at the end of the year 2013 we decided to set up this company that later became a startup company okay but this ja club was kind of like the the starting point for all of these entrepreneurial projects afterwards Mm -hmm. and it was the beginning of the startup which was named meetingpackage.com later on (laughs) in what industry so yeah meeting package was providing software for hotels for meeting room bookings but the original idea was a little bit different it was supposed to be a website where people could find party and event venues easily with transparent pricing so the idea transformed a little bit but now it's even more interesting than it was in the beginning Mm. and how did it begin to be a startup company and what is a startup company? <laughs> Very good question. Well, we noticed soon after running that company that, well, we both didn't have any experience of startups before or financing or funding. So we noticed that after our first bank loan started to <laughs> to uh, dry out, we headed to uh, Nordic Business Forum during 2016. Or was it 15? No, I think it was 14, 15. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So from Nordic Business Forum, we spotted our first potential investor. And we set up a meeting with him to our office. And the meeting went fine. We decided to try it out. And we ended up getting our first investment. And luckily, the, the investor was um, like hardcore board professional and ex-CEO. So he knew much about um, the management and administration of the company. So uh, after that, we started started to put our administration like top notch. So we got our all of our contracts fixed. We got a recommendations for for board members. We started building a professional board for the company, and they also introduced us to other investors, and that was kind of the the start of our growth wow. through our first investor. So they taught us a lot and the next investors taught us more and, and so on. And, and these days the company has like around 60 investors wow. altogether. Did you say 16 or 60? 60. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if we think about that, what kind of investors startups should look for or what qualities or really good question what worked for us was that we were in the hospitality industry so we wanted to find investors who could not only provide us financing but also to help us build the whole concept yeah so 
we were looking for professionals from the same industry. So that, that was kind of our recipe for finding investors. And we were looking for angel investors because it would be maybe a little bit easier to get advice and there are not so many strings attached and stuff like that. Mm. So we were looking for angel investors from the same industry. And that was really well, That's cool. a good advice. Yeah. yeah. What about the investors and from their point of view, what kind of startup companies they are interested in? I think it's personal to all of the investors. Some investors have like a strict policy, what they're looking for, because of course, whatever you invest into, you want to know what it is truly, like where are you putting your money into? So many investors, they want to, they want to be comfortable with the industry. That's why, we're, why we were looking for people from the same industry. But then some investors might be interested in some other kind of a point in the business plan. So some might go for the potentiality for international business or scalability. Um, so you said that you found your first investor from the Nordic Business Forum event. Yes. Uh, is there some kind of uh, other events or something that you would recommend uh, entrepreneurs to go if they want to have investors? Uh, well, I think in Finland, Nordic Mises Forum and Slush are, of course, the pot most potential ones. But there are, of course, a lot of other events, a lot of societies that um, are good places to look for investors. And of course, this is just a small Finland. There are a lot of investors, like foreign investors visiting Finland and going to events in the nearby countries as well. So those are also really good places to network. Mm -hmm. And it's how, how important is the pitch? Well, that's, <laughs> that's, a, that, that's, um, <laughs> that's a lot of um, kind of practicing. First, you have to be really clear what is your business, what are the customers. You have to make it absolutely clear to yourself first. And then it's, it's learning. You only get like a minute or in some seconds of time, mm. it's a pitch, elevator yeah. pitch, and you only meet that person quickly. Mm. So you have to catch their interest. It's just learning. Like our idea was changing every month, I would say. So we always had to change the pitch all the time. So yeah, uh, it's like common knowledge that nine startup companies out of 10 go to bankrupt or doesn't succeed. So what was your story? One of our board members once said that meetingbackers.com should have fallen many times already. <laughs> But luckily we had a lot of knowledge in the team and in the advisors. We had a like a lot of investors who had a lot of information and also contacts. So I think that was like, that was the, um, that was the crucial point in our company to, to have the right people around you. That's really important. But you had in your entrepreneurial journey, you had some setbacks. Can you open about those? Yes, definitely. Well, we were selling before we had a working anything. We, we only had great photos or graphics of what it will be 
at some point, and we were selling those to potential customers. And many customers, they, they rolled in, even they knew that it's not ready yet. And, and after that, there was a huge challenge to actually realize those plans. Like we had sold promises, so we had to, of course, keep up with the promises. So that was, we never failed with that, but we were just a little bit late what we promised. Okay. Probably yeah. around half or one year late. Mm-hmm. But still, we got that, we got the, the business rolling at some point. But that, that was like one of the huge challenges that we met. But I think that is like common that companies usually think that they have to first sell the vision yeah. and then proceed when yeah. they have done that. So <laughs> basically you did the right thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There was no other option. Like we could have, have not waited one year for reaching the customers. We had to do it in the beginning. Because of the competition. No? Yeah, well, that as well. And of course that we learn with the customers. So it would be nonsense to develop the perfect system first and then ask the customers, <laughs> yeah. do you like it or not? Yeah. Since it was terribly expensive, of course, yeah, software yeah, development. Sure. <laughs> yeah. How about your personal life when you were doing and building up this company? Well, that's challenging. Um, of course, it's a challenge for your relationships. It's a challenge for your health. <laughs> it's a challenge um, for for all, all of your friends and family, of course. So, well, that's just, I think those are the key things that many entrepreneurs have to have to face. Your friends are partying outside and, mm-hmm. and uh, traveling and stuff like that. And then you're still sitting at the office very late trying to finish up things. So, so those are, of course, um, the challenges. I did face a kind of a burnout during during the years of growth, of course. That was one thing. Burnout. How, how did you realize that you have a burnout? I think it's easier to see afterwards now. Because during 2015-16, we were, um, we were looking for a bigger office. Our office was full. There was pressure to find more space. For, for cheap price. Um, we were just about to launch our international platform in London in a five-star hotel that was just coming up. And we were trying to find a 12-people sales team to start training at our office, selling the new system and stuff like that. There was just a huge, lots of work, lo- lots of work to do. and. During those times, I experienced really severe stomach pain that actually took me to hospital. But later on, I realized that it was my blind gut that was actually malfunctioning or, or like inflammated a little bit. So I had to spend a, a night at the hospital, but I was fine after that. And exactly one year from that, 2016, the same thing happened. And I, I had to take another, like once again, an ambulance to the hospital. And I was staying there one day and one night once again. And those were like clear health kind of things that I could notice. But, but I still didn't get the clear results from the hospital that they couldn't say what it was actually. So it was left there and I had no idea what it was. So later on, actually this year, 
I experienced the same thing again. Uh, I think it was because of um, some stress from work. So the same thing happened, severe pain again, the kind of pain that just takes you on the floor. And then I had to take ambulance again, <laughs> third time <laughs> to the hospital. And this time they did a proper research, like what it is. And they just told me that it's, it's really the blind gut. And it seems that it's, it has already been like broken or exploded. Yes and oh, no. burst yeah and, and inflammated everything and i had a lot of pain so then they just told me that we're going now to the surgery and i was like what surgery i've never been in a surgery before i have no idea what should i do and i just quickly like texted my closest people that just to let you know i'm now running i'm now on the way to surgery catch you tomorrow <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> and then i was taken to the surgery room and then yeah well anyways like two weeks of recovery after that. But the good thing is that it can't happen again, at least from the same same thing. But of course, it makes me thinking that, of course, you should always try to keep a balance between your health and between your work. And usually it happens too late, like when you realize it yourself. So I, I encourage all entrepreneurs to take, really to, to look after your, your health, of course. And... Maybe also one thing that we're living in this busy kind of um, loop of life. Mm. It's it's a loop. It's um, it's kind of a, you can't see outside of your own loop. So you need to have some people around you that can remind you that now you look like you really need a rest. So I think it's really important to have th- those people around you. Mm. Did you have any other symptoms uh, when you were facing the burnout? Yes, Did you definitely. Have depression or what kind of um, different things? I didn't. I didn't actually feel stress. I didn't feel. Let's say I didn't notice it that clearly. But like afterwards, it's easier to see the whole picture. So I did experience lack of focus, lack of efficiency in many things, and kind of like forgetting things. So now later on, it's easier to say that I was mm. having those kind of symptoms. But they come slowly. Yeah, exactly. And you don't see that when you're in there. You can see it maybe later on or something, mm. or if someone else points it out. It's so hard to keep the balance between your, like keeping it your is. health up and then um, doing enough work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so when you didn't feel that fine, when you were feeling worse, um, did you have any pressure with the work? You know, that I should have this done by now and yeah. stuff. And yeah, of, of course I had, and there was a lot of responsibility. So I had, I had some pressure, but I didn't feel that it was like the kind of crazy pressure. I just, it was the kind of good pressure that keeps you going, but but still, I think you can feel pressure about so many things, but actually only few of those matter. So I think it's just really important to prioritize, prioritize, prioritize what are the most important things, because sometimes you might think that this is really crucial or urgent now, but really it's not. Mm-hmm. This business will run anyways, whether you do it or not. Mm. it's just maybe the like the perception like our own perception that we look at things differently Mm. 
Do you think that uh, here in Finland we don't recognize those things so easily? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Mm. It's it's sometimes because we take ownership of our work and mm. all the details related to the work, but like afterwards, it's it's really so that not not all of those things are so critical, and we actually think so. Mm. Maybe it's the loop that you were talking about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We were we are like in our own kind of a circle and we can't see outside of it that well. Did you have any support from other entrepreneurs or friends or family when you were facing those kind of friends and family they they knew what I was doing, they supported us or me, but I could have asked or I think it's important to be ready to ask guidance and advice from from other entrepreneurs. It's really important. So I, I could have done more of that. Mm. But at least my family and friends, they supported me. Mm. But when you were feeling sick, um, did you realize that now I have a burnout? Or was it later on when you realized that, okay, this was a burnout? It was later on, actually. And yeah. that, that's the kind of the scary part, because sometimes when you are in the moment, you may not see the bigger picture. picture. Mm which is why it's easier to see afterwards but like during the incidents i had no idea that it was it could be anything related to this mm. but i think it is very strongly because body and mind are the same yes and the symptoms might be really different for everybody everyone yeah really personal so yeah so it's not the same for everyone yeah it might be completely different mm. for other people Did you take a break or something when you had this uh, first burnout or, <laughs> or feeling of sickness? Hospital, or, sit, uh, hospital yeah. tra- yes. travel. Um, no, I didn't actually. <laughs> well, <laughs> only to all, only to recover that one one or two days, but that's it. And I just kept on going <laughs> after that. And then you said that you had the second hospital. Yeah, and that was really scary because it was the same month exactly that it was one year ago really? and I was like thinking that is this going to happen every year at this time yeah. it there must be an expla- explanation but I had I didn't get any explanation from the hospital to that so it was just a mystery yeah that is scary mm. yeah but then 2017 there was nothing so I was like I have kind of passed the point It can't mm-hmm. come again, but yeah, it just took some more time. At the point that you realized that you have burnouts, what were the steps toward healthier life or recovering from the burnout? Well, in 2018 spring, I left my position at meetingpackage.com and I had to take a time off to really to stop for a moment and think, Rethink about my life because years are running really fast and I know that doing something big in life is going to take many more years. Mm. It's not going to happen in one one year or two years. So so I needed to take the time off and think what really matters in life and what is my big dream that I want to chase. And I took 2018 for that. And what did you realize? Well, I realized that I really want to get into more into technology, more into 
founding more companies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was one thing, because Meeting Package runs well now, and there's a really capable team running it. So there's no stress about that. So so now I wanted to start some new new things. It seems that you are, as an entrepreneur, you like to take challenges and yeah. go forward and try new all yeah. the time. Yeah. And create something yeah. new. Yeah. yeah. I think that's still like one of one of the early passions I had. The the passion to create some new something new. Mm-hmm. And currently my passion is to to employ more people to different works, to purposeful works. Like uh, the kind of companies that have a deep purposeful mission. So that's that's my current. Well, it's a great thing that you are in our podcast now yeah. because you have some, <laughs> some real deep purpose with this. But it's good to hear that uh, your like fire that you have had from the early eighties when you started as an entrepreneur hasn't like vanished uh, all those years, even though you have had some challenges. Yeah, yeah and you have followed those mm. passions. That's Yeah, I think it's part of the entrepreneurial attitude that no matter what happens, no matter what failures come up, you always get up and back into the game one way or another. That's really inspiring. Because some somebody could get really deep, deeply depressed about it and like And some of us do. Yeah, exactly. And and it might ruin the whole life or many years of it but but i think it's really important to just as fast as possible get back to the game that's a strong attitude yeah have you born with those that kind of attitude yeah, I, was, <laughs> yeah. I was just wondering that where i can i buy yes, that attitude? Yeah. i was a really difficult kid when i was small really? <laughs> yeah so you yeah you were born with an attitude like if i didn't get a candy at the shop i would jump on the floor and start screaming so loudly that all the all the people in the shop watch all, watch my parents that oh my god those are so bad parents or something <laughs> i have one question related to that attitude because like you said you have this kind of attitude that no matter what you're going forward but what would be your advice for other entrepreneurs attitude can be learned Mm. so i think the best way to learn is well of course via challenges with failures it will um you will find more things about yourself during that journey so um it's about personal growth as well and of course i think it's really important to like constantly get inspired by other people so watching videos meeting those people i think it's really um important like part of part of um growing your own attitude mm-hmm. better do you have some specific people that you are following yourself well i'm following a investor and media personality called David Meltzer. He's from the US and he's um, been involved in growing the Super Bowl and he's uh, one of the writers of entrepreneur.com as well. So I think he has really, really inspiring videos through LinkedIn, through YouTube, many places. Really inspiring guy. Wow. David Meltzer. And you are a super networker 
Oh. Like you, you like to go to events and meet people and connect with them. How do you feel like that has affected your businesses? Well, I think it's really crucial. Like, it's it's part of um, what is business? Business is people, mm. and one person can change the business completely in uh, various ways. It can be. It can be the new major customer, it can be the new major partner or like business developer bringing something completely new to your business and changing your whole business model. So things like this can happen. So it's really important to keep meeting new people because in there somewhere there are the things that will take you to the next level. And the right people. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's really important to follow your intuition if, if it's something like that you don't know why would you go there, but you're just you in, have, into you just going have there. The feeling. Yeah, you just have the feeling that this is interesting. Maybe mm-hmm. I should go. And before you have the feeling though, you must find those events. So yeah. do you have any so do you have any sources that we could find those events? Where where to start? I think quite a lot, many events are in Facebook. If, if you look for, for the groups of entrepreneurs and technology companies and stuff like that, you go and follow them, the ones you are interested in at. Um, they will post a lot of events to Facebook and I think that's the most easiest way to find them. Good. What do you think, what we need to change here in Finland in order to be more entrepreneurial friendly, so to speak? Yeah, I think um, the one is one is attitude and like general attitude across the whole country. And another thing is some laws re- mm. regarding um, small businesses and starting businesses. So I think um, fin- well, Finland is a small country, so there are some things that are pretty common for small communities, like. There is, um, some people are envious, some people are jealous, some people are, you know, like this. So there is this kind of a narrow-minded attitude in many places in Finland. So it's, uh, we need more, more kind of like open-mindedness and, and positive attitude towards like, and also like people are, I think people, many people are thinking that if If that guy succeeds, it's out of my pocket or something. Yeah, and yeah. I can't understand like how it can be like that. <laughs> so I think in many places in Finland, that might be only my perception, but that's my perception. Mm. That so many people are thinking that if someone else succeeds, then I should be mad or sad about that. Mm. And I can't really understand that. But so that's the attitude. But But yeah, and then there are some laws as well that um, many people, many entrepreneurs, they are driving, driving and trying to change that. And I think that's good as well. Mm. We are seen as a startup country because startups get a lot of funding and we have a lot of innovations and... And, and a lot of visibility. Yeah. Yeah, so. so after all, Finland is an amazing place to start a company, I mm. think. There's, uh, there are great possibilities for funding available and it's a stable country. 
it's it's um in Finland is a small country it's really easy to meet anybody here so I think in that in those terms it's um really a great country to start a company mm-hmm. after all and I think every year things are going towards the better yeah in terms of mm-hmm. many things including entrepreneurship what would be your greetings to those who who run a business here or are entrepreneurs themselves I think two points take care of your health <laughs> and balance of life in general and also network with more people Saku how do you define success well success is personal to everybody and success yeah it's many things for and different things for different for different people so i think my success would be something that i have created a positive impact in something for me it's definitely not financial things or or stuff like that i think it's it's because i'm a purpose driven person i i have my own values and i think if i do something that creates something good which is aligned with the values that's success to me very nicely put yeah and what about your future plans what are you going to do in the future well well i have two things going on i'm currently building this kind of a huipulle project the word is interesting it means the forward looking attitude towards your own peak in in a kind of simple way so yeah so there there's going to be um different businesses forming around this theme of of reaching your own peak whatever it is and it includes failures of course because success is partly failures so this is one project that's going on right now and we are the the future plan is to go international but I think my biggest goal is to employ people to purposeful and responsible businesses and I would really love to get into working with the world's biggest problems like electricity, water, recycling, technology, infrastructure, stuff like this. That's really something that I know that I'll be working at some point mm. at those projects, but for now uh, this is the starting point. Amazing plans. That sounds amazing. I have a feeling that we will hear from you again. We wish you all the best. Thank you for being our guest. Yeah, it Thank was wonderful. So Thank you so much. It was a pleasure <laughs> to be your guest. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Failing Point podcast, which airs on Business FM every Monday at 8 p.m. You can also read more about our guests and listen to earlier podcasts at failingpoint.com. And remember, whatever you're trying to achieve out there, keep on grinding and never give up on your dreams.